Welcome back to the Middle of Culture. I am one of your co-hosts, Eden. And I'm your other co-host, Peter. And we are here today to talk about video games. Yes, we uh, are. But before, before we get into our, our topic du jour, um, how have things been? You've been playing anything interesting? You've been reading anything interesting? Anything you want to bring up pop culture-wise uh, with the pod? Um, you know, have not been... Well, okay, so I've kind of been reading in that I keep telling myself I am going to get through the wheel of time. And I have gone back and I am listening to the audiobook when I'm doing dishes, making dinner, that kind of stuff, doing work around the house. And so I've kind of been listening to that. Um, the last actual book I sat down and read was The Nova Incident by Dan Morin. And I can't remember if we talked about that or not. I feel like I mentioned it. You might have, um, but I don't remember. You know, it's it's a fun uh, series, the Galactic Cold War series. They're fun, uh, sort of sci-fi light, but mostly spy books. So they're mostly kind of spy thrillers just set in a, a, a sci-fi setting. Uh, the author is on a number of podcasts that I listen to as well. Uh, and I really like his style and I enjoy the books. And uh, I finished that recently. And then, like I said... Started listening to the eye of the world and it is going very slow because that is kind of a boring book. Uh, I think they're all boring. I don't think Robert Jordan <laughs> wrote a good book. Not well, once. I even read the first six or seven of those suckers, but I, I read up to book nine way back. I think I read up to six and then I read seven when it came out, eight when it came out, nine when it came out. And at that point decided that there was little enough that had actually happened in the story in book nine up until the last, I don't know, 100 pages or so, that I decided I would wait until they were completed. And I have heard very good things about the last three books written by Brandon Sanderson. And I think anybody who has listened would know that I really enjoy Brandon Sanderson. And so I would like to get to those. And there's just this part, and this is foolish, but there's a part of me that feels like as kind of a nerd, I need to just like be able to make that notch in my belt that says I finished the wheel of time. And, and I know that that's sort of silly and I recognize <laughs> that, but it's, it's something that I want to do. And so I think I'm going to do it. Um, well, that's the thing. If it, if you want to do it, that's what matters. I mean, I don't know. think that you need to do it for your nerd cred. Like it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as nerd cred. Anyway, nerd, let's be honest. It's 2022 nerd culture is ascendant and the nerds are now shoving all the jocks into their lockers. It's so. true. It's true. I mean, and that's the thing is I have plenty of other ways in which I am a nerd. Uh, and, and I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly comfortable with it. I embrace it at this point, but you know, it's, it's something I'm working on. Um, uh, mostly the games I've played lately, uh, played some of, of one of the games we are going to talk about today and then just been spending a fair bit of time, uh, on my steam deck. Again, it's super easy and convenient to sit down and fire up Skyforce or Skyforce reloaded or vampire survivors in one of those games that I can play 10 to 15 minutes and find it enjoyable. And, uh, the steam deck's great for that. It's there. It's always on it, just kind of like your cell phone. Almost. I push the button, it turns on. And within seconds I'm launching whatever little game I want to play. So that's, 
been about it. And then, you know, nice. again, always some new music. Um, the only thing of note that I would mention uh, lately is I am surprisingly into the new album by Machine Head uh, of Kingdom and Crown. Machine Head is an interesting band that they've had some really good albums. They've had some really not great albums, but there's just a certain, you know, when Machine Head's at its best, they just sound so incredibly pissed off. And I love that. I love it. (laughs) Nice. How about you? Yeah, I, uh, I I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast, um, but when we were on uh, vacation recently, I read my book of the summer so far, uh, which was The Grace of Sorcerers by Maria Ying. Um, it was very entertaining. Um, it's kind of an urban... like urban dark fantasy which is not a genre that i'm usually into uh but i really like the authors maria ying is a portmanteau or not a portmanteau a pseudonym of two authors who are co-writing these books together um and their first two books were kind of like neo-noir um but then this new series that they have is kind of urban dark fantasy and again not really my thing but uh, I was thoroughly entertained by that book. I found nice. it uh, really exciting. It read really propulsively. Um, I, it, it, my reading of it was almost compulsive. Like once I started, I couldn't really put it down, um, which is some of the highest praise I can give to a book because I'm usually really good at taking breaks uh, while reading a book. So uh, I Excellent. found it really, uh, really engaging. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and then in terms of gaming, I mean, I had a bumper crop of gaming in the last week or two because the latest patch of Final Fantasy XIV came out, patch 6.2. Um, for those who might not know, uh, the way that Final Fantasy works is when they have a big, you know, point zero release, that's the big, you know, expansion pack. Um, but then in the two years in between each expansion pack, every four months or so, they release the next patch. Um, which always has a bunch of story quests, a continuation of the main story um, that goes in between the big releases that are basically, by the time you're done, the the patches are as long as the expansion pack itself. So they wow. give you a, a good a good quantity of, of material in the two years in between expansions, which is good because it's a live service game and how else are they going to get you to, to come back? Um, but so... Patch 6.2 for that dropped this last week, and I was home with COVID. So I got to play it on release day uh, bright and early in the morning. I was raiding with the best of them bright and early uh, in the new raid tier that dropped. Uh, And then the day after that, uh, the new area in Genshin Impact opened up, which is a totally new uh, country to visit called Sumeru, which is loosely... I think I've mentioned before that each of their countries is kind of based off sort of they they sort of have a parallel in the in like the real world so Mondstadt is kind of like sort of medieval Great Britain sort of thing um Liwa is China Inazuma is Japan and then Sumeru which is the new one that just opened is kind of like South Asia India type of place and the thing that I've really enjoyed about playing that game is I feel like they've really hit their stride when it comes to creating a map that is really engaging. Um, and the new maps have a lot of verticality to them and a lot of ways to traverse 
uh, the terrain in in new and innovative ways, whether they be like jumping things that can make you jump really high, or whether it be like uh, you know there are these certain uh, uh, symbols that appear, and if you push the a certain button on the keyboard at just the right point when they glow, then you can like zip from from point to point to point to point to point. Um, and I just feel like they've really hit their stride when it comes to the the world design, the way that it looks, the way that it plays, the way that that the maps are built. And I've just really had a lot of joy running around in that new area in the last few days. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, again, predatory uh, game. It's, it's a gotcha game. I understand this is predatory to anyone who has problems with gambling. But I have a lot of fun with it, and I just don't put the money into it, and it's fine. I still can play the game just fine. There you go. That's perfect. But, uh, but for today's topic, I like Peter alluded to, we're going to talk a little bit about video games. And uh, I, I have a bigger topic that I kind of wanted us to talk about, but I wanted to come at it through one specific game that Peter and I actually got together a couple of days ago and played a bit together. Um, because it's a game that I have played a whole lot of uh, since it came out in early access, and that game is Power Wash Simulator. Um, <laughs> so, first, I kind of want to talk about Power Wash Simulator, why I liked it, what you thought about it, and then kind of talk about like simulation games as a whole, whether we like them, what we like about them, what kind of sim games we get into, and just kind of have a discussion about like why why have these types of games have had such a resurgence? Because uh, I feel like their popularity has really exploded in the last few years, and I have some I have some theories as to why, and I just kind of want to chat with you about those things. So, uh, Peter, you've been playing a little bit of Power Wash Simulator. How do you find it? I have. Uh, I thought it was great. It's, there are a few parts that were a little finicky kind of at first, uh, just in terms of you'll look at something and you think you got all the dirt off it and you think you should be good. Uh, but very, very smartly, they, you know, you hit the tab button and whatever is still dirty kind of, you know, kind of goes orangish yellow and, and shows up for you so that you can hurry and get that. You're, you know, I, I finally, with your help, as we were playing co-op cleaning, I think it was when we were cleaning the bungalow, uh, I made enough money to upgrade my power washer to the next level. And that's definitely made a difference. Uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, I, last night I fired it up and started cleaning the playground and was having more, uh, I don't know, fun is the right word. I, like, I don't find it a fun game, but I find it a very enjoyable game. Does that make that's the interesting? Yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel about it. When I finish playing Power Wash Power Wash Simulator, you know, I will play for an hour or two. I don't usually play for longer than that. You know, I'll pop it open and, you know, clean a thing or even if it's a really big thing, clean a part of that thing. And it's not like I'm. I, it's not like I would say that I'm like, oh, this is the most fun I've ever had. But I get into like a flow state with it mm-hmm. where I can like watch the dirt coming off of everything. And I just feel this sense of accomplishment, even though this is a thing that doesn't matter and I'm not actually cleaning. And what I should be doing is like mopping my floor. But guess <laughs> what I'm doing instead? I am power washing this Ferris wheel. And. Yeah, when I'm done, I just feel like I feel like I've spent my time well, 
And the other thing I really like about it is because it's such a chill game, it's a great podcast game. It's one of the best podcast games I've literally ever played. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just throw on whatever you want to listen to. And because the game gets you into this flow state where you're not like, I'm not having to pay really close attention to make sure I get all the good headshots so that I can get as much ammo or energy as possible. Or I'm not trying to like, oh, I need to do this raid and make sure that I'm in the exact right spot and blah, blah, blah. No, there's nothing can go bad. Nothing Mm -hmm. can go wrong. There's no fall damage. You can fall off the top of the the uh practice fire drill building that's like five stories tall and it's fine you hear the little squeak from your rubber boots and then you keep keep washing so uh yeah it's just really relaxing to play yeah and you know it's they do a good job at least again i've played much less than you but they do a really good job of just little things that kind of kind of grab you so while cleaning the playground, I found it incredibly entertaining and enjoyable the, to see what color were some of these things once I got the dirt off them. Because they were so dirty, you can't oh, really yeah. tell. And then you go ahead and you get the dirt off, and you're like, oh, look at that. This dinosaur is all sorts of different colors. And, and this is this, yeah. and this is that. And you know the colors are nice and vibrant, and so you clean off the dirt and... It's just like you said, it's satisfying. There's a, 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 uh, yeah, I think you put it right when you said a sense of accomplishment, even though, yeah, you're right. You haven't really done anything, but you did. You kind of gave yourself some time to zone out. You gave yourself some time to relax, to just enjoy cleaning this thing off. And Yeah. uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, and it's nice that like there is still a sense of progression, like you said, because I'm trying to earn enough money to buy better tools. You know, I I don't know if I mentioned this when we were playing together, but the next thing that you should really invest in is some of the the extension tools because they make a big difference in like, oh, that's really high up there. Let me throw this extension tool on there and then I don't have to like try to climb up or try to get closer. I can clean it from afar. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as you invest in all of these different tools and you become like more and more proficient and then you get a better uh, a a better um, power washer until you eventually get the best one in the game. And and it just really has like like it has that built in sense of progression because I'm earning money. I'm spending this money to get newer tools and then I'm going and I'm cleaning up all this stuff. And uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting, I don't know if you've had a chance to click into it yet, is there's also like a special mode um, of like things that are not part of the career, not part of the like campaign of the game, but that are like kind of weird things that are fun to clean. Like, do you want to go to Mars and clean the Curiosity rover? Because it's dirty. <laughs> I kind of do. And it, and it, I'll have to check. That it out. needs to be, it needs to be uh, power washed. So you go to Mars and <clears throat> you clean the Curiosity rover or all that sort of stuff. And I don't know. It's just really and the scope of the projects eventually gets much bigger. As you saw with the playground, it's way bigger than any of the stuff that you had done previously. Oh yeah. And that continues to be the case. They'll kind of intersperse smaller things like here, wash this person's car with hey, you need to go watch this entire subway station. And that's going to be, you know, a three or four hour project that's probably, you're going to probably split over two or three nights. Uh, 
but <clears throat> just does a really good job of of building that that tension as it gives you new things to do but never putting obstacles in front of you that are too difficult to overcome you can always get everything clean it's just a matter of patience yeah and one of the things i really appreciate about it thus far is that the progression isn't too complex yeah you know i i there are some sim games and and i'm sure we'll get into some of this but there are some that i just bounce off of because it's too fiddly there's too yep. many little things you can adjust and things to purchase and things to upgrade that I look at it and I go, okay, I understand that for some people, the specificity of being able to tweak all of these different things is part of what they enjoy, but it's not really for me. You know, me, look, it's the difference between what do I enjoy more, the Forza games or the Forza Horizon games. And for me, no question, it's the Forza game, Forza Horizon games. I was just gonna say, you like Forza? No, I mean, I enjoy Forza to a degree. I'm never gonna get that good at it because I'm never it's gonna go fiddly. in and tweak. I like yep. to get new cars and I like to drive them around the racetracks and stuff, but I'm never going to go in and tweak all the little things. And you know, the Horizon games have that in them, but you can completely ignore that if you want and still have a lot yeah. of fun in all the different races. And, and this they do again in, in my limited time with it. I think I've only got about five hours logged so far, but in those five hours, I never once felt overwhelmed at the, the upgrade path in the game. Like I do in some other SIM games for sure. And I think that part of that is the type of game that it is. I think that, at least in my experience, a lot of the business sim games where you are, like, doing some sort of labor in the game as, like, the embodied person doing the labor, I find that they do have that a, a little bit easier curve to get into. Whereas, like you said, some of those other games or like you know, like a motorsport manager type game. I respect the hell out of people who can play games like that, but it's just not me. Yeah. But, but, you know, even, and, and this is a game that you and I sort of briefly mentioned, uh, while we were, while we were playing power wash simulator, I, I got, uh, what a lawnmower simulator because of, you know, humble bundle, humble choice, just got it. And I thought, what the heck I find great joy on Saturday morning in looking at my lawn when it's done and seeing the nice little crisscross patterns in the grass and the clean, really sharp edges because I've used, you know, an edger with a metal blade. And then the places where I've used the weed whacker and stuff, I, I really enjoy that. So I thought, cool, let's try this. And immediately I could tell there was way more of a business sim in this than just going out and mowing lawn. Mowing lawn was definitely part of it. But there was much more to the, you know, what type of lawnmower are you going to use and what kind of grass is it and all this kind of stuff, which again, super cool that that's there for the people who really get that, who grok it, who want to have that. That wasn't me. And I think that, and this is me making a complete assumption, but I think that the folks who made Power Washing Simulator, they understand what they're making. There is a reason why there is a subreddit 
called Power Washing Porn because it is incredibly satisfying. And I would even go so far as to say it can be cathartic to see somebody power wash something that's filthy. And then all of a sudden it looks new again. And that's, that's the carrot. That's the thing that I think they understand is going to get people interested in this. So make it so that we spend the vast majority of our time in this game, power washing things. Don't make me worry about the rest. Just let me go and power wash things and give me that little bit of a carrot of, Hey, you can upgrade so you can power wash more, better, and faster. But it all is very explicitly in service of the activity of taking something that is filthy and making it look brand new. And I think part of that even comes down to the really satisfying ding whenever you have cleaned a specific thing. Like oh, and then each it just particular like it flashes. It flashes a little bit bright. Yeah. Each, each particular item is each like discrete item is a separate thing that you can clean and like try to get to us to a hundred percent clean on its own so that each time you achieve one of those, you know, discrete, uh, pieces of it as cleaned, then it gives you that ding. And so it is this constant like dopamine rush of I'm doing the thing I'm getting, I just watched it flash white that window's clean yeah. and oh it's just it's a very satisfying i think that in terms of sim games like this i've never played one that i found as entertaining as power wash simulator and i've played a lot of them i feel exactly the same i i have played a lot of these and i've liked a lot of them you know i have spent you know 10 or 15 hours driving trucks across the southwest in american truck simulator and it's pretty okay but it's not as much fun as power cleaning and uh you know i've played house flipper quite a bit i think that there's a lot the thing about how here's the thing about house flipper house flipper almost gets what's so great about power wash simulator and then it kind of loses the plot have you played house flipper at all i haven't i'm not familiar with that one so house flipper is exactly what it sounds like. The long-term thing is you buy these janky houses, you fix them up, you furnish them, and then you sell them. But before it gets to that point, it has a series of tutorial missions that are essentially clean and renovate these spaces for these people doing the very specific things that they want. So, you know, you'll get a job to go in and clean this person's house and then paint the the kids room with peach walls and paint the parents room with blue walls and then the main room with gray walls. And those missions are where I find the most satisfaction in house flipper because I'm told exactly what I need to do. I go in and I do it and then they're happy, but that's all tutorial because eventually you get through all of those missions and then it's just like, okay, buy some houses, fix them up and sell them. And suddenly I'm not nearly as interested in the game because like I understand what people are interested in with that. Like I understand if, if you know, someone is really into interior design or interior decoration or, or, you know, renovation and all that sort of stuff that this game would scratch a lot of those itches. But I like having the tasks put in front of me and then completing them. Yeah. It's the same reason why I'm no good at Minecraft. Yep. 
and I'm not given any I'm not given any direction. And apparently for me, for me to have fun in my video games, I need to have direction. <laughs> well, for me it's uh, I would also say it's the same reason why I can play uh the Mass Effect trilogy uh, four times through to completion so far. And I still, even though I'm really close, I'm having a hard time making myself finish the main quest in Skyrim because while Skyrim has those objectives and stuff, they never feel as meaningful. They never feel as, you know, it's the fact that I could, if I wanted in Skyrim, go and not complete any quests and just smith all sorts of things. And that's awesome that there's that option for people who like it, but I'm the same. I need some direction. Let me do some side quests, but that, that have a limit to them so that then I keep coming back to a main sort of goal oriented task oriented uh, gameplay that gets me through. You know, I, I watch my kids play Minecraft and for a while every Sunday night we would get on between Xboxes and computers and stuff like that. And we'd get four of us on playing Minecraft together. And that was fun as a way to spend time with my kids. But the second that that stopped because people moved out and this, that, the other, I, I haven't gone back to Minecraft at all Yeah, because the gameplay loop itself for me doesn't have enough to it. Uh, it doesn't have enough guidance. It doesn't have enough direction. It doesn't have enough meaning. And, and again, I know that the, one of the reasons so many people love it is because it gives them this canvas on which to imbue with their own meaning. Maybe I'm just not very creative, but like, I don't even know that it's necessarily that you're not creative. I just think that your mind must be wired differently because I feel the same way about Minecraft. I can't, I've tried. I can't, I don't care. It's boring. I don't, I can't, I can't find whatever joy people get from it, but I did spend 50 hours playing Dragon Quest Builders because you know what that is? What if Minecraft had a story and had NPCs that were like, Hey, could you build this for me? Hey, could you go get this for me? Hey, could you do this? Suddenly I care. Suddenly yeah. I want to play the game because I'm given an, a, a, maybe this is just RPG brain. Maybe I'm just wired for RPGs because I want to have a quest list and I want to have to go fill shit on my quest list. Yeah. And that's not a thing that those big sandbox or even some of those survival games, like, you know, I had some friends who got really into Valheim at the start of the year and I just, I couldn't walk that path with them because I just didn't care. I just, I would, I would log in and I'd be like, I don't what am I doing? What am I doing here? I don't <laughs> care. I don't care about any of this. I don't, I yeah. don't care. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, again, get, getting back to sort of sim games for me, that would be where I think the sim games that are successful at engaging me, they recognize, okay, we don't have a deep, rich story. That's okay. But we're going to give you very specific, very, attainable targets to work towards. And sure. we're going to give you that little ding and that little flash of white when you've completed cleaning this thing. So, you know, you're good. You can move on to the next. You don't need to worry about this. That box has been checked and go ahead and, and take it from there. And, 
And again, that's, that's where I've, I really like, like I'm looking forward to playing power wash simulator again. It's very, it's very satisfying. What are some other, what are some other sim games that you have gotten into over the years? Um, you know, that's the funny thing is it's always one of those things that I think I'm going to get into. And then I kind of bounce off. I really enjoyed SimCity 2013 when it came out. It was the first Uh time I'd ever gotten into a SimCity game. I understand all of the reasons why it was an an inferior version and a huge step back from SimCity 4 and all this stuff. But there was something about it. I don't know if it was the fact that it was more simple uh, and more accessible, Uh, but I I got into that for a lot until I kind of ran up into the limitations of, uh, okay, here's the limits of what you can do in, in this world. And, you know, I'm running into this thing where it's like, okay, well, if you really want to experience everything, you got to have multiple cities in an area. And if you're not playing with anybody, which nobody's playing it anymore, you know, you've got to have a city over here that's doing one thing and a city over here that's doing another thing. And so again, the joy of just building a city and watching it grow was now being overshadowed by well, I got to go and do this over here and I got to go and do this over here. And, uh, Uh you know, I, I keep buying, uh, city builder games. Uh, I have, uh, cities skylines and every single expansion. And I did for a while get into it, uh, back in, it was probably sometime around Christmas or new years uh, and got into it a little bit deeper than I had, And then I just, again, kind of fizzled out because there wasn't that next, um, there wasn't that next task. There wasn't that next thing for me to do other than, you know, make my city bigger and better. And, you know, I got Euro truck simulator when that it feels like to me, Euro truck simulator was kind of one of the first ones that really caught sort of the subcultural zeitgeist where a lot of people online were talking about it and, you know, they were talking about it on gaming podcasts and stuff. So I being the sucker that I am said, well, I'll get this and I'll try it. And yeah, I started it a couple different times. And again, I was like, well, I mean, I guess, but not really. Um, yeah, I think I own farming simulator. I don't I know if I've ever fired it up. Also own farming simulator. <laughs> and then again, the, the aforementioned uh, lawn mowing simulator. Uh, I have played a little bit of that, but oh, and, and this doesn't really count, but it has the word simulator in the name. So I'm going to throw surgeon simulator in there. I mean, that's a, that's a parody of the entire genre. <laughs> that's what makes it fun. Exactly. It's exactly what makes it fun. Plus, you know, I'm I'm kind of partial to the idea of, of doing bad surgery on people because I, I, I can't do that in real life. I, I have to do a good job, um, which I want to <laughs> well, do a good yeah. job. Don't take that wrong. I, I want to do a good job, uh, but it's kind of fun, you know, messing around with it. But, you know, I would say, quite honestly, Power Wash Simulator is probably the first sort of simulator game that really has pulled me in, in the last at least 10 years. Yeah. It's just, it's really well done. I'm really enjoying it. 
I I too have uh you know I I played a few hours of of American Truck Simulator. I have Euro Truck Simulator. I played a little bit of that, but I definitely preferred the wide open roads of the American yeah. Southwest over the hilly horror that is Germany. <laughs> uh, but you know i uh, a few years ago i was in a very dark place in my life dealing with a lot of mental illness and i started playing stardew valley because someone had uh, recommended stardew valley to me and that was a game that became extremely important to me i spent a lot of time in stardew valley um, looking at my Steam uh, time, I have played that game for 353 hours total. So I've wow. spent a lot of time with it, but I haven't played it since 2020 because it was really important to me for a bit, and I played a lot of it. Um, and it, it, but again, I think that it too, while it it is a bit more open ended than say Power Wash Simulator is. Sure. I knew that this had goals that were a little more tangible to me than than Minecraft has because I knew this game has romance. And listeners, for those of you who might not know me, I love romance. <laughs> and a game a game that will let me kiss a fool, I'm I'm there. I love <laughs> I love to kiss in video games. It's part of that's part of why I love the Mass Effect games so much. Are they fun? Yes. Is it a good sci-fi story? Yes. Do I also get to kiss Liara? Also, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. So, you know, I, I knew that that was a big part of Stardew Valley and any of those Harvest Moon-like games is that you can find people, you know, that you get to befriend people in the town and eventually you can, you know, fall in love with someone and get married and have a family. So even though that wasn't like explicitly like a quest line that was in a quest log that I could look up, as I was walking around, I was like, ooh, who are my available bachelors and bachelorettes here? We've got Elliot, the brooding writer who lives on the beach. We've got Leah, the outsider artist who lives in a cabin out in the out in the wilderness. We've got Emily, who's like the, the weird uh, fashion girl who has like weird tarot dreams. We've got, you know, all these different people. And so... I could get to know them and find out what their preferences were by giving them gifts and then like build to eventually getting married and having a family and all those sorts of things. Um, so I definitely see the appeal of something a bit even more than power washer, but I still need that tangible goal of like, and once I achieve that goal, then I'm done. Cassie and I were talking about it just the other day. She has played Stardew Valley a bit too. She plays it on our switch. Um, and that's primarily why I got the switch was to try to get her to, play stardew valley because i thought she'd really be into it but literally the last thing in the world that cassie elton would do is sit at a computer and play a video game <laughs> so i knew i needed to get like some way for her to play it laying in bed <laughs> so that's why we got a switch uh and she go. has been playing it and just recently she was just playing it earlier today um but what happened was she reached that same sort of point she got married she got to the bottom of the mines she unlocked the island, you know, did all these things that you do in the first few years of that game. And then it just becomes like a perpetual motion machine. And then it's boring. And so yeah. she just started over. She was like, eh, I'll just start a new, I'll just start a new island or a new, a new farm. And so that's exactly what happened to me every time I played Stardew Valley. I'd play, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours on this farm, get four or five years in, and then just scrap it and start over again because there wasn't that like, narrative hook 
or or questline hook anymore yeah i've i've i bought stardew valley when it first came out and i played a little bit and then i think i really tried to get into it oh god probably a year or maybe it was even two years ago uh, on the ipad yeah i started playing on the Uh ipad and i i linked up a uh, an Xbox controller via Bluetooth so that I could play that way. And my problem was I was too concerned with min maxing the game. I was, I was finding myself instead of just enjoying it. I was worried about the fact that, Oh boy, well, how many days have passed and how many days do I have left? And what crops do I need in this season? And I've got to get them, but do I have enough time? Do I have enough money to get them early enough in the season to plant them and harvest them before this? And, and it, it stopped being fun because again, I was too focused on trying to play it perfectly. Yeah. When, at least what I understand is it's one of those games where you don't have to play it perfectly. You can kind of play it yep. how you want, but I was too caught up in, in the playing it perfectly. Yeah, that is, that's, I think a big trap that you can fall into with these sim games. And again, is one of those things you, there just doesn't exist in power wash simulator, which is yeah. again, I think to its strength, Hundred there's no perfect, there's no perfect way to play it. You just, you just spray, you just spray with the water. Until yep. so it's clean, yeah. And I've tried, I I have tried a bunch of other ones just recently. Um, just as I was thinking about simulator games, and I knew this was going to come up in our podcast, so I tried some that are really highly regarded. That I thought to myself, you know, maybe I'd get into this. I tried Planet Coaster because I know people really love the roller coaster sim games. Yep, I, I own get it. into it. I I tried Planet Zoo. Yep. I immediately was overwhelmed by the uh ui and i played maybe three minutes looking at the ui and then i said nope i don't i don't have the bandwidth to learn that ui today (laughs) yes uh two point hospital was the same thing for me i got two point hospital very cute yep great look too much it's too much Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a shame because i think that I think that a lot of these games would really resonate with me if I could penetrate that UI thing. But especially I feel like this feels like a genre that's filled with Euro jank and uh, <laughs> yeah. for better and for worse. Um, I think there's a lot of Euro jank in this genre. A lot of small publishers and small European countries putting out really weird niche things that sell enough that their company sticks around. So more power to them. Yeah. But it means that they don't have that like simplicity of form that a wide release game is going to get. Yes, very true. And this is even true of games that I have finally learned how to play. You know, we've talked a couple of times about Stellaris. I play a lot of Stellaris. Stellaris is one of my all-time favorite games. Again, looking at my Steam library, I've played 880 hours of the game Stellaris, which is a little Holy disconcerting. Cow. That's impressive. It's a, it's a little disconcerting to see that I've played Stellaris for that long. But I, it took me watching somebody who I really liked do a let's play of Stellaris, teaching someone else how to play it for the first time, and watch that person like describe all of the pieces of the UI in order for me to grok it for the first time. And to be fair, Stellaris is a game whose UI has changed 
considerably since I first learned how to play it, but I still had that fundamental foundational knowledge. So then when they completely changed the way the planets looked, I could still go in there and be like, okay, what did you do? Like what's different now? Not looking yeah. at it for the first time, which is what happens if I try to play other, other uh, paradox games. I try to play, you know, Crusader Kings three, which lots of people say is the greatest grand strategy game ever made. And it's such, yep. it's this monumental achievement. And I load it up and I look at it and I'm just like, what, how, what do <laughs> yeah. I do here? What do I, I, I did do? did that with what both Crusader Kings two. And then again, being the sucker I am Crusader Kings three came out and I thought, Oh, I bet I'll get into it this time. And I bought well, it. Well, especially and I everyone said, everyone said, oh, Crusader Kings 3, it streamlines a lot of that. Dog, <laughs> this is this is what you call streamlining? <laughs> and like, I understand that if I did with Crusader Kings what I did with Stellaris, if I found a YouTube video of somebody teaching you, here are how the, const- here's the constituent parts of the menu of crusader kings here's the things that you need to do to get going i bet i could get it i bet that i could like really get in there and like dig in and figure out how crusader kings works oh but of course. why when there's so many other things that i could just pick up and play yeah and that is especially where i find myself in my life at this point that's that's one of the things I'm looking for. That's what's going to make a game sticky for me. And it's also what's going to make me bounce right off a game. Obviously, as you know, lots of us do, I have very limited time to play games. Uh, you know, obviously I, I got a busy job. Um, I get up before the ass crack of dawn every morning, but like four o'clock to, you know, make sure I'm, I'm exercising and bull crap like that. I got kids at home where I need to get places or feed or make sure they're doing homework and, and all that kind of stuff. And so when I do have time to play a game, there can't be a hurdle to me getting into it. I need to be able to fire it up and either already be familiar enough with it because it's something like age of empires two, deluxe remastered, whatever the newest version is where I don't need to learn it because I already know it. Or uh-huh. it can be, it needs to be something like Power Wash Simulator, where it was like click campaign and it's like wash a van. And I'm going, hey, yeah. you know what? I know how to wash a van. I know how to wash a van. I can, you know what I can do? I can wash a van, man. I can totally wash a van. Hell yeah. I mean, you spent that time in college detailing cars. You know how to wash things. Better believe it. So, yeah, I don't know. I, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that's a really, you know, it's a really salient point that you bring up. And I would say, again, going back to some of these wells I've dipped into many times, that's why I go back to Mass Effect. That's why I go back to Diablo 3. That's why if I don't know what I want to do, but I know I want to play a game, I'm going to dip into one of those things that is again, either I know it so well, or it's vampire survivors. It's sky force reloaded. It's something where it's easy. You grok it immediately. Have you ever played a shoot 'em up? You betcha you have. Okay. You got this. You know how to play it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. And one of the things, this was another thought that I had with the emergence of this genre. 
I think that a big reason why they've become popular is streaming culture. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because 100%. so so many of these games make not only like you said when you get into that flow state with them and you just like get into the zone and you lose a couple hours to it, it's easy peasy. But like the same sort of thing happens when when you're watching a streamer play those games because a streamer can then like get into the zone and converse more with the audience or or you know do silly things or 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 even just chill and like play the game well just watch some people talk through their decisions in motorsport simulator 2021 and you're like i don't i don't under i don't want to play this game i don't understand this game but i like watching these people who i like play this game that i maybe wouldn't like yeah and, and so I, then you buy it and you try it out and then you're like, this isn't for me. I guess I'll just go back <laughs> to watching that stream. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, I really like the fact that it's interesting when you look at media right now. Let's take movies, for example. There is both a glut of movies and at the same time, I would almost say there's a dearth of good movies because people are so concerned with making the blockbuster and making back their budget X times over that there are a lot of chances that either aren't being taken or only being taken in very small specific places. And, you know, there's those studios who have, have kind of carved a niche out for themselves, but did so I think at great risk. And I love the fact that in games right now, there's enough people gaming and it has become so mainstream to the point that, of course, you've got your call of duties. You've got your, you know, your big multi-billion dollar franchises, but there's room for these little, little games that, uh, you know, that, that normally you wouldn't have been able to find. But because of the internet, because of streaming, because of, you know, social media, I'm not a fan of social media for the most part, but it, it, it exposes these things to people and gives people a chance to go, huh, look, am I ever going to drive a big rig through Europe? Of course not. But might it be fun to see kind of sort of what it's like a little bit? You betcha. Yeah. And I think it's awesome that that option is there for people to to kind of dabble in and if it clicks for him, cool. And if it doesn't, no big deal. Well, and I think that like, I think a big part of their popularity too, especially with like working people is that, you know, I, I, you have a job that is unique in that you do something that you can show is a demonstrable benefit for the planet <laughs> and for the people who you work with. Like you go in and you do these surgeries and you make these people's lives better by dint of doing these surgeries on them or having these appointments with them or whatever. But I think a lot of us work in an office setting where at the end of the day, if someone says you, what do you do for your job? You're like, well, I can give you a bunch of industry insider gobbledygook, or I can tell you that I don't know, really. <laughs> I can tell you that I stared at my computer for eight hours today and answered emails and, 
wrote some activities for a textbook and does any of that matter does anything that i did today actually matter i don't know that it does and it like, does it matters it I, matters even. exactly i i know but I like know you know the fact the fact remains like at the end of the day you still feel like what did i do what did i do with my day what it, how did i spend eight hours answering emails like outlook <laughs> how how did you occupy so much of my life and so then you get home and you're like you know what i can do though i can clean this temple in power wash simulator or i can take my space squid communist uh collective to the stars and help liberate the people who are being enslaved on these other planets or you know i can buy this house and renovate it and take down this wall and put up a new wall here and then decorate it in all these ways to appeal to these different buyers and then to end up selling it and making hundreds of thousands of dollars in this game and so i think that it it offers those of us who have jobs where we don't really feel like we do something of value, even if we understand that there is, it still feels like, what did I spend my day doing? Sure. It gives you an outlet of like a thing that I did that matters. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. And I think you're spot on. It's a, it does. It kind of gives you that sense of accomplishment. Yeah, which like maybe you're not getting at work because you don't like your boss and you don't like the job that you have to do. I like my boss. Not that she listens to the podcast, but hey, Claire, if you ever listen to the podcast, I like you. I'm sorry I'm leaving you, but 20% raise. Uh, so, you know, it no, is what it is. Sorry, That Claire, is a really bye. interesting point. And, and I recognize that, you know, I, I am fortunate uh, in that regard in the job I have. I, I was talking to somebody once and, asked me why I like surgery. And I said, what other job in the world do you get to stick your hands inside somebody's body, rearrange the insides of their body, take your hands out. They've been alive the whole time and they're actually still alive when you're done doing that. And they're probably better because you probably did something beneficial when you got all up in their gutty works. I did. I usually it's me taking out their cancer. So yeah, it's, it's satisfying. Yeah. So you don't need to play surgeon simulator because <laughs> you surgeon sim, you, you are the surgeon. Your life is the simulation. Someone's piloting you like a flesh golem. Oh, uh, you know, they could do a better job some days I'm sure, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's really anyway. interesting and it is, it, it is a cool genre and, and I, it, it's, it's been around for long enough. I mean, good grief. Sim city obviously has been around for years. The Sims, man, the Sims was huge. It probably still is huge. Oh yeah, it but, is. Sims four is still enormous. Um, but you know, there is, there's something to be said to being able to unwind doing something that feels like you're accomplishing, but that can be in some cases low enough stakes that it isn't stressful. And yeah. Cause like you, you play a big RPG. You're also doing something that makes a difference. You're saving the universe from the reapers or you're, you know, stopping the Asians evil plot to try to rejoin the 13 shards or whatever bullshit RPG trope you're dealing with they're all good and dandy too obviously i love playing rpgs but the stakes are a lot higher than yeah. power wash simulator yeah and sometimes low stakes they're just right i agree 
And if anything, I'm really excited about Power Wash, Power Wash Simulator as an example moving forward because it was made by this tiny little company. This is the first game they ever made, but it was published by Square Enix because someone at the Square offices were like, yo, you know what's really exciting? Power washing a house. <laughs> Let's publish this game. And so I'm hopeful that other big publishers like Square will try to put out their feelers for games like this. And like you said, take a chance on some of those smaller projects, those smaller scoped projects, those B or C tier games, because there's a lot of joy to be found in a lot of those. You know, I don't... I, I don't need, and there's something to be said about games that aren't very long. You know, I've spent a lot of time playing Power Wash Simulator, but that's because I've replayed it four or five times at this point. Like, I've started over and replayed the campaign four or five times. The whole campaign would take you maybe 15, 20 hours total to play through all of the campaign washings. That's not that long of a game. No, that's no, no, no. That's no Persona 5. That's no Elden Ring. Uh there's something to be said for those smaller, uh, those smaller, more digestible chunks of game. I, I really like that sometimes. As a person who obviously gets sucked into games for long periods of time, I like to break up those forever games with smaller games in between. Yeah. And, and the final thing I'll say is this is a perfect example of why I really I love what Microsoft is doing with Xbox Game Pass or Game Pass, whatever. Yeah. Because that's where I first saw this. And so I downloaded it and I tried it and I started playing it. And then when you brought it up, you know, we wanted to make it easier to play and you had it on Steam. So I went ahead and bought it on Steam because I thought it was a neat enough idea that I said, hey, you know what? I'd be happy to throw these guys, what, 20 bucks or maybe even 30, but whatever, not not a ton. And And I'm in a position where, you know, that was fine. I could do that. But I don't know that I would have known anything about it had it not showed up as something on Xbox or on Game Pass that I could just uh-huh. download and play for free. Oh, not for free, but it feels like it's But you free already because, pay for that service. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm paying for that service because especially between me and the boys, you know, we're using it all the time and it's it saves me a ton of money in the long term. But the opportunity to take some of these things and give them wider exposure. I mean, there's, I don't know how many, but there's multiple millions of people who have Game Pass. And so by getting this kind of game on Game Pass, you now have automatically created an audience of potentially multiple millions of people for your game that you wouldn't have had. And I think, and I don't not I don't know the business of gaming and stuff, and there are much smarter people than me who do, but I look at that and I go, that can only help these types of games continue to be made. Oh, I, I certainly hope so, and I think that you're right. I you know, I think that we've mentioned it before, but I think that Game Pass is such a great little service the way that it is right now. Yeah. And I know that it won't stay that way. And I know that in seven years, what happened to Netflix? Because do you remember how great Netflix was in 2009? Oh, yeah. Do you remember how it was like $7 and literally every movie on God's green earth was available through there? <laughs> and if for some reason it wasn't, I still had... It was the same price if I wanted discs. So give me two days. Ship that DVD to my house, please. Yeah. And I feel like Game Pass is in that exact same spot right now. There's over 400 games on Game Pass right now. 
and a lot of them are absolute stunners but things that people maybe wouldn't buy otherwise. I don't think, uh, you know, enough people bought Umurangi Generation that, you know, like the developer got their money back. But a lot of people, I think, are going to play Umurangi Generation that wouldn't have spent $20 on that game. And they should play that game because it's incredible. But because it's on Game Pass, they can. They can take a chance on it. They can say, yep. well, it's not that big. I got the time. I'll hit download. Let's play this game or Citizen Sleeper or Norco, which are all three of them games that I've played in the last few months that I was shocked by how much I enjoyed that I was able to play purely because they were on Game Pass. So the fact that Power Watch Simulator is there gives me a lot of hope for the future, like you said. Here's the one little shred of, of, uh, of hope that I'm holding on to uh, that will hopefully keep Game Pass distinct from what has happened to Netflix. And that is the fact that Microsoft is currently valued at over $2 trillion. Well, yeah. And so you would hope that this is something that they can say, we can continue to kind of let this do its thing because we don't need it to make the money that Netflix needed it to make. And, you know, so I'm, I'm hopeful that that'll keep it alive in a relatively the same state. You listen to Phil Spencer talk about it and he definitely seems like someone who gets it. And so I think as long as Phil is there, I think that uh, it will continue close to how it is right now. But yeah, you know, even just it might be against steam, you know, it's so ubiquitous, the ability to find these games and have games put in front of you that you otherwise would have never known about. You never would have had a chance to experience and, and to be able to experience them, if not as part of a service like Game Pass, but at the very least with so much less friction than there used to be. I mean, you know, you and I both remember the days of, I mean, hell, I remember the days of multiple floppy disks and having to oh, switch yeah. back and forth between floppies to get the game installed. Oh, yeah. And you still had to have the floppy in and then you had to... You know, you had to pop out and then we moved on and it's, we'll take out this disc and now go to this disc and oh, you know, yeah. you're installing and you're patching and you're, I mean, I remember so many hours wasted installing a game that was a little bit older and then having to hunt down all the different patches to get it up to, to, you know, the, the version that it currently was and all of that friction's gone now, you know, you, yeah. you've, you got steam you have good old games or GOG, I guess now you have game pass, you see it, you click either buy and then install or install and then just walk away for a little bit. And when you come back, it'll be there ready to go. And you don't have to worry about patching it. Whatever service you installed it through is going to patch it for you and it's yep. going to keep it up to date. And, and so many of these services have their own forums about the game that nine times out of 10, if you have a weird issue, all you got to do is, you know, go into that services forum for that game and you are going to find the answer right there. And so it, it just lets things flourish that otherwise would not have been able to flourish. And for all of us who like to play games, that's just a net positive. Yeah. And I can only hope, I think I'll just close on this. I can only hope that the flourishing of those smaller studio games is done in a sustainable way because yes. I know that a lot of the big games are made under terrible crunch and ultimately are like a unsustainable and b immoral. 
like when I'm playing some of these games, I'm like, I'm really enjoying myself, but like is participating in this project contributing to the immiseration and like, and, and like uh, crunch practices that happen at these big publishers. Um, you know, I, there's an old, I, I'm trying to think of what the old Twitter, uh, joke says about wanting smaller, worse games made by people who work less time. And I'm not lying. <laughs> and like, ultimately I think that's how I feel about video games. And that's one of the things I really like about power watch simulator. I looked into the, to the, to the, uh, company a little bit and they have really robust, like you know, policies about not overworking and all that sort of stuff. And I really respect the hell out of them for doing that. And like, even some of the big studios, like I don't feel guilty playing an insomniac game because I know that insomniac's big thing is we do not crunch at this studio. Yeah. And like, if that means the game comes out later, well, whoop de fricking do the game comes out later, but you are not working 80 hours a week if you work at insomniac. And I respect the hell out of that over a CD project where you know for the entire last 16 months of Cyberpunk 2077 and the 12 months afterwards people were working 60 70 80 hour weeks trying to get that game done and patched and uh it's just not sustainable people shouldn't have to do that it's no wonder people burn out of the industry it's cuz you light the candle from both ends very true very true so I appreciate smaller games made by passionate people who value their own time enough to take it. Yeah, agree. I don't have anything but else to say. I think we'll end it there then. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, go play some sim games. Go If you have Game Pass, download Power Wash Simulator. It's really fun. Go it clean is. some stuff. You can try to shoot the soccer ball up the slide on the playground if you can do that. I'll give you a high five. Also, it's an achievement in Steam. But I tried to do it. I couldn't do it. I was I, I gave up. I was too lazy. <laughs> I'll have to try that one. <laughs> anyway, uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks, continuing the summer of X. Even though summer's X-Men. almost over. But yeah, well, we, we got a few more to get the year. It's going to be the year of X when it's all said and done, probably. <laughs> but, Hopefully uh, not that long. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> X-Men First Class is coming up in a couple of weeks. So we'll be it back is. then. Um, and until then, please, you know, rate, review, send us some emails if you want. You text us. I'll read your text on the air just like I did last time. It'd be great. There we go. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening and have a great day. Thanks again. Thanks again.